Welcome to Third Eyesight. I'm your host, Juan Francisco, and I'm a spiritual intuitive who practices tarot card reading and mediumship. I've always been super curious about the supernatural and paranormal, and I'm here to share my stories and interview folks who want to share their own stories. Let's get to it. So today, we're going to talk about what it's like to be an audience member when you're watching a medium live in a group. So I've had the privilege and the joy of being able to do this several times. I recently saw Tyler Henry do a live demonstration, a live show here in New York City in August. I think it was, yes, back in August. And he was great. He was great. And as many of you know, if you've heard me on my podcast before, maybe you don't know, maybe I haven't shared this to this extent before. I've seen Teresa Caputo, the Long Island Medium, live maybe, let's see, there was Miami, Brooklyn, Long Island, Staten Island, four times. Call me crazy, call me obsessed, because that I am. I am obsessed with her. And I'm going to explain what it's like to be an audience member. And hopefully this will help set expectations you may have about going to see a medium live before you go see them live. And if you're not ever going to see a medium live, then you're going to hear why, just how it's different when a medium is within a group of people than when they're doing a session one-on-one with you or with a sitter. So the first time I ever saw uh, Teresa live in person was in Miami when I lived there with my family. Uh, I don't forgot what year it was. Um, I think I was in college. So let's say 2013 or something, 2014. And it was my first time ever seeing a medium live. Growing up, I saw mediums like James Van Pra and uh, John Edward and, um, or John Edwards. I think John Edward is the politician. I forget. Edwards, Edward. I forget who is who. Um, so, and oh, Sylvia Brown. Sylvia Brown was on TV on the Montel Williams show. That is what I knew about mediums and TV shows. And then Long Island Medium came along and it really changed things up or really brought mediumship to the forefront of a, of a second tier of mainstream conversation in the pop culture. And so we went to go see her live, my family and I, and it was amazing. It was incredible. And to be in the audience, I, as an mem- audience member, I was hoping she would read me like the next person <laughs> sitting next to me. And so was my family, like, oh, hopefully we get a reading from her. And I would like to skip ahead to when I saw her live a couple years ago. And uh, actually, it was last year, 2021, in the summer. I remember because I was wearing a mask in the auditorium um, because of the Delta variant that was new and had just started spreading. So that's why I remember it was last year in the summer, in the, yeah, late summer. And so seeing her live then, and as a much, uh, as an older person, just someone who's grown up in the last eight years and has learned more about this realm of things. And actually I saw that live show that uh, last summer before I realized that I could do this too, which is really interesting. So August, 2021, I went to go see her live in Brooklyn at King's Theater, an amazing, amazing venue, beautiful. And it was probably the best of her live shows that I've seen, not because of her, she's always great, but because of the type of audience that was there. 
in the first show I ever saw her in, the audience was great in Miami, but there were a couple people, like, I think there was one couple that she went up to and they didn't say anything to her. She asked them, do you have a so-and-so in spirit? Because I'm feeling this, this, and this. They just looked at her like deer in headlights. They didn't know what to do. It was a little weird. A little, well, weird. I don't know if weird is the right word. It was awkward. And a little bit frustrating because if someone's talking to you just say no or just say no i don't want to i don't want to get involved in this i'm just here to watch <laughs> just say something and in brooklyn king's theater the, the audience was really engaging it was a kind of a small audience because i think a lot of people decided not to go because of the new delta variant and i went i think i went double masked i was very nervous but i was so excited to see her and uh then I saw her next with a friend in Long Island in Huntington, New York. And that was an interesting crowd because oof, she was on one side of the room for a very long time. And people on the other side of the room started yelling, Teresa, show some love over here. Come on, Teresa. And then someone in the balcony area where I was seated with my friend started saying, we're bored. Horrendous. Horrendous so rude and Teresa like totally shrugged it off and then I saw her next in Staten Island I know I'm crazy I'm crazy I know I see I follow her everywhere I'm like her little groupie um I I saw her next in Staten Island another great show and so this is what it's like to be in a Teresa Caputo show I used to go in with the idea or the feeling of I hope I get read I hope I get read I hope I get read now I go in thinking, you know, I hope I get read, but if I don't, I just hope that whoever needs the most healing gets read tonight. That should be the priority. And that's most usually what happens. I'm sure there are many more people who could use the, the deep healing that others get when they talk to her, but the people that she does talk to really do need the healing. You could just tell. Spirit knows. And ever since I started delving into mediumship myself, I finally understand just how stressful it must be to be up there on stage. And she walks into the audience as well. Just how stressful it must be when you know that everyone wants a reading from you and you have to be discerning and, and prioritize with spirit who gets a reading. I can imagine just how stressful that is. I struggle with one person sometimes. I can imagine what it's like to deal with hundreds of people in an audience. I, I can't tell you how healing it is for me, even without getting a reading how healing it is to step out of that auditorium hearing what I've heard and hearing the healing that happened in the auditorium because you can tell that people are just so, so needing to hear from their loved ones or they need to be reminded that they can foster that relationship still even though they're on the other side while they are here on earth. And I just step away like, oh my goodness. It's almost like I don't even need a reading. And look, in reality, I really, I feel like I really don't need a reading. There's nothing about people who have passed in my life that really leaves me feeling like there's no closure personally for me. So I don't have a problem leaving Teresa's shows without getting a reading. Do I wish I could have gotten one? Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm human and I want to hear from my loved ones. But I step away thinking, oh my goodness, I, I heard so much healing that had to... That had to happen. It had to happen that way. And so if you're listening and you want to one day see a medium live doing a show with an audience, I highly, highly, highly encourage that you go with a very open mind and let yourself hope that you get read, but also be open to the, to the 
possibility that you won't get red at all. And uh, actually, Hannah McIntyre said this in a podcast once, because Hannah McIntyre, who's over in the UK and hosts the podcast Mediumship Matters, she talks about her demonstrations that she does live with groups. And she always says, uh, or she has said before, rather, that you know, if you want a guarantee of getting a reading by a medium, book them one-on-one. And that's the best advice that um, that anyone could give about going to a live group reading. If you want to be guaranteed a reading from a medium, book them one-on-one. Teresa Caputo is very hard to book, but Teresa Caputo is not the only person who is a medium out there. And here is what brings me to my next point. When people go to see Teresa Caputo live, a lot of them expect exactly what they see on TV. Now, I swear by the next thing I'm going to say. Seeing her live is almost exactly like watching her on TV. And that is why I am obsessed with her because she is so, in my opinion, people can disagree with me, but she is so, in my opinion, connected to spirit and so confident in her gift that she rarely has any misses. Um, And I hate to use the word misses, but she rarely has any um, uh, things in the majority of the time resonate with the person she's talking to. And this this brings me to my sub point now. Yes, I think she is an incredible medium. It's like watching her on TV, but it also isn't. And here's how. She will sometimes have a reading live in the group in front of everybody in which she says something that doesn't resonate with the person. And she tells them, you know, go check on this and see if it rings true for you. But it will be one thing out of like 10 things that ring true for them. Sometimes she'll go up to somebody and say, you have a so-and-so that passed, and they, they say no, and then she just moves on to the next person because they just or they feel confident that, that no, they don't have someone connected to them who died that way or who is that, who is that role in their family who died. And so she goes on to the next person. I've seen that happen live. For me, that does not diminish just how on point she is. But uh, here's the other thing. She is the way in in live she is the way she is on tv in terms of the pace of her readings her accuracy how on point she is but because we are watching a live unedited reading being done at the moment there are silent breaks points of thought consideration thinking um i said thought already synonymous to thinking um and so there it feels like Time goes a little slowly, and people in the audience get, I can feel them getting bored. And when we step out of the auditorium, I have heard mumblings by people as I leave the auditorium at a Teresa Caputo show, and I think one time someone said, like, um, what did she say? Like, oh, it took too long, or oh, you know, just, it kind of went on forever, or like, Something to the effect of like they were a bit bored because Teresa was focused on a certain amount of people for a certain amount of time. And I'm here like, I kind of want to shake them and go, do you understand this is not about you? It's not about you. Those people were getting healing messages and you're here sitting, fine, you're bored, fine. But, and you know, they're complaining to their loved ones. They're not complaining to Teresa or to the person getting read. But I happened to hear it. It annoyed me. It really did annoy me. Like, Fine. You think it's boring? Fine. But can't you acknowledge that the person was getting a healing message? Can't you acknowledge that what we just witnessed was a beautiful experience? But some people just want their own 
their own matters uh, addressed when they go to a live group reading. They don't care about anybody else. They don't care about anyone getting healing messages other than themselves or other than them hearing from their own loved ones. They just want to get read and forget everyone else. And I, my second highest recommendation is you go into a reading wanting what is for the good of all wanting what is for the good and for the best of all those concerned, all those that are in the room of the live group reading. You don't go into a live group reading or mediumship demonstration only thinking about what you want to get out of it. If you do, then what you should want to get out of it, and I'm going to be prescriptive here, what you should want to get out of it is the feeling of healing in the room. And that could mean either you getting a reading or you not getting a reading. Now, I saw Tyler Henry a month ago, like I said, here in New York City in Times Square at uh, one of the venues there. He was excellent, and uh, he is he's wonderful. And yes, he got some things that, or he said some things that were not on point for the people listening that he was reading. But it didn't detract from how great he is. I really enjoyed watching him. I really did. And he stayed on stage. He didn't come into the audience, but it was a small enough venue and they had microphones propped around the auditorium, the small auditoriums so that people could walk up to them and talk with him. And it was, it was wonderful. It was really wonderful. And I didn't feel the same energy there of like desperation as I did with Teresa. For some reason with Teresa, people seem to go in and seem a little, and no one has to say anything. I just feel like the desperation. I hate to say that. It's not a judgment on people because we all want to hear from our loved ones. And I was at a time, I was at a time and place when I uh, was I was younger and I wanted readings from psychics to validate my experiences, to fix my problems, and and um, and but when it comes to mediumship, I I sometimes I booked a mediumship reading because uh, in the past because I've wanted to hear from my loved ones so they can tell me yes you're on the right path. And I felt desperate about it. And that's a fair experience. It's, it's okay. We're human. But if we keep going into things with desperation and wanting the answers that we, not, we try, or wanting answers that we don't try to look for within ourselves, or at least trying that with our loved ones by our side, knowing they're by our side, then we set ourselves up for sometimes disappointment in the fact that we're not getting a reading or that we're not getting the experience that we thought we could get which would lead us to getting a reading. So I, I just think that it's, it's so important to go in with an open mind. And at Tyler Henry's show, I just felt more open energy. I really did. Um, and, and maybe it was the mood I was in. I don't know. But I felt really good about it personally. And so what I really hope you consider is, number one, going to see a medium live within a group because it is so fun, and you get to watch how a medium uses the, the art of communicating in front of a big crowd, which is not easy, and how they discern what messages are coming through and for whom. Because in a group of like, my goodness, even for me, I actually was asked recently if I do parties uh, in terms of for, for mediumship if I do mediumship at parties. And actually, that's something I would like to do one day, but I would not actually... Hmm, something that Fernie uh, Maron said recently, and he's going to be on the podcast next week. I interviewed him recently in a wonderful interview, and he shared in a live once... Um, oh, no, he shared in his business course that I took that he does not do parties. 
because he does not want to be um, considered just pure entertainment. And so when I say I want to do parties, I really should rephrase that to say I would love to do private group readings. Because to me, doing a party, like if people are drinking or it's someone's birthday and uh, and it's like a party atmosphere, it really does take away from the seriousness of mediumship readings. But if I were to be asked, like, hey, like I'm going to have a group together, we're celebrating my, mom, my, celebrating my mom's birthday, it's going to be a very quiet night, like could we have you over for a mediumship reading for the group? And my condition would be, you know, no one can drink alcohol before the mediumship group reading. No one can, um, uh, I don't know. I would think of something. But anyways, back to my point. Coming back to my point. If I were to do a group reading of 10 people, it would be quite a healthy challenge to get something from spirit and then determine who it's who I want to to land it with, who I want to to talk to in regards to that soul. And I might get it wrong, and I'll go to the next person and ask them, the next person I think it might fit for. But imagine doing that for 50, 100, 300, 800 people. Oh my goodness, it's not easy. So there is a skill. There is an art to doing that. And it's very fun to watch. Very fun to watch. And, and actually... At these live events, people do get served alcohol, and I've heard uh, several mediums talk about this. Like some mediums like the idea that there's people have like one drink in their hand, just one drink at at, at the most, so people can loosen up and feel be a little more open to what may happen. But it can get really. Um, I mean, I've never seen anyone drunk at a Teresa Caputo show or at the Tyler Henry show, and thank goodness because that would be not great for the atmosphere and for the energy of the room. But I think we do have to be careful with what we serve at a mediumship group reading. And so if you go to a live reading and you know that your tolerance for alcohol is really low, like mine is, like I get tipsy off one drink, okay? So I cannot, and I don't drink much anyway, so I wouldn't, it wouldn't entice me to get a drink at the bar, at a live anything, you know, whatever. But if you want to enjoy a glass of alcohol or a glass of wine, glass of, you know, a beer bottle, whatever, and you want to enjoy it while you watch the show... Go ahead and do it, but know your tolerance level. If you know you're going to get tipsy or drunk, it may distract you from paying attention. Imagine, imagine you're really tipsy and he mentions a soul and you don't pick up on it because you're too tipsy to understand what he's saying. You're too tipsy to hear or to pay attention. Oh my goodness, how disappointing would that be? But not only that, you could become a, I mean, if you become, if you get really drunk, you could become a nuisance to people around you who want to enjoy the show and want to pay close attention. So... You may see that sometimes at a live reading, especially at venues that serve alcohol, big, big venues that serve alcohol. I'm going around in circles today. I'm going, you know, jumping from point to point to point. But long story short, it is really fun to go see a medium demonstrate live in front of a group. But I've learned to go now with the expectation, well, with the hope that I'll get read, with the expectation that the people who will get read will have needed it or would have needed it the most. That's how I step into a, a mediumship reading with a group. But it's really fun. And, you know, I'm not Teresa's marketer, promoter, but, I mean, I'm, I'll put in a plug for her, but she is touring live. And I think it is a really wonderful experience. Um, I'm actually seeing her again in two months, like I said. And maybe again in December. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But 
I just enjoy watching her so much and I learn so much. Now that I am a practicing medium, I get to watch these mediums live and learn how they do what they do and where are, I mean, hey, even I'll find things like, oh, maybe they could have been a little smoother with that. I'll remember to do it this way when I do it myself in a one-on-one reading. And it's no judgment on them. We're all human. We're all learning as channelers. And I believe we are all channelers, even if, even if you don't think you are. We are all learning how to tap into our most authentic self or into our God source. And we are not always perfect in doing that. That's what makes us human, and that's okay. We have this filter called the human body with the mind in it. It's okay to acknowledge, like, okay, that medium didn't quite communicate, didn't communicate that quite well or too well. Uh, I'm going to remember to communicate something that's sensitive this way instead when I do a one-on-one reading with somebody or if I ever do a group reading one day. So it's a great way for me to learn how I prefer to communicate. And let's say that for Teresa or Tyler Henry, the way they communicate works for them, but when it comes to one topic, the way they communicate something doesn't work for me. I'd rather have another communication style for that one topic, that one very sensitive topic, let's say. That's okay. This is my way to learn that, to watch mediums do what they do live with other people, with other uh, with, with sitters in the audience, and, with, and over and over again, because you see them read 10, 15, 20 people in one show, and it's really wonderful, and with all kinds of souls, all kinds of personalities on the other side and personalities in the audience, too. So that's my short episode this week. Like I said, next week we're going to have Fernie Marron, who is a psychic medium and spiritual teacher. Had a wonderful interview with him a couple weeks ago, and I can't wait to share it with you. And I... What do you call it? I... What's the word? I'm losing the word. I gave a sneak peek. There we go. I don't know, a little preview. Sneak peek, I don't know. It's nothing visual. I said that there's going to be an update. Oh, hey, Sella. Sella's here visiting. I mentioned that there's going to be an update in the next month or a month from now in honor of Third Eyesight's one-year anniversary. So I'm just going to say it now so people don't get surprised when it happens, but I'm going to update my website from thirdeyesight.media to juanfranciscospirit.com. I feel so official with the .com, but it's going to launch October 25th. That's when the website's going to officially change. If you put in thirdeyesight.media after October 25th, it will redirect you to the new website address. Nothing's going to change. This is still Third Eyesight. The name of the podcast isn't going to change, but I'm starting to get more serious about how I run a business as a psychic medium and tarot card reader. And I feel it's really important for me to put myself out more, even though it's a little bit odd. For this Gemini, I love putting myself out there, but at the same time, this Gemini gets shy about it. (laughs) So go figure that out somehow for me. Um, I I think it's it's important for me to put myself out there more. So changing my website address where people will find information about my readings and information about the podcast, Third Eyesight, will be really helpful. It will be a website that people will probably have an easier time remembering when people Google search my name after hearing the podcast. Let's say they find the podcast on Spotify first, and then they Google me. Hopefully, the website will come up more easily because they've searched Juan Francisco podcast. You know, SEO, all that good stuff. But want to give that little sneak preview through audio because it's not visual. So you're not previewing anything. You're more hearing it. Sneak listen. Let's call it a sneak listen. A sneak listen into that. It's going to happen October 25th, so we have quite some time, but just be on the lookout for that. 
and I will announce in the podcast, actually in a special podcast that week, um, it'll be a special one-year anniversary podcast episode that I'll release that week. It will probably be an addition to the Monday podcast that week. And I will share the update and share some reflections on what it was like to run a podcast for the last year, introduce it to the world, and just where it's taking me, which is insane. <laughs> I just met up with Catherine Allen today here in New York City, um, the author of Vibes from the Other Side, which was just released in the past year, and a little bit of intuition. And we, we talked about her book on the podcast, and I got to meet her in person today and hang out for five hours in New York City. Like, I would have never had that opportunity before Third Eyesight. But anyways, I'm going to save that for the podcast episode on the anniversary date. I'm not going to tell it all now. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to. Okay. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, rest of your week, and sending love to you all. Mm-hmm.